Hello, everybody, and welcome to the August 31st, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Efron Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, over the weekend, Joe Biden did not condemn violence. At least, that's what you'd think if you were listening to Trump and his supporters. In actuality, Joe Biden released a press statement condemning, well, the violence that has taken place during various Black Lives Matter riots over the past several months. Even the Daily Wire, a news outlet that was very critical of Biden's statement, quoted him as saying, quote, The deadly violence we saw overnight in Portland is unacceptable. Shootings in the streets of a great American city is unacceptable. I condemn this violence unequivocally. I condemn violence of every kind by anyone, whether on the left or the right, and I challenge Donald Trump to do the same. Of course, the reason he challenged Donald Trump was because Donald Trump has, as of so far only really gone after groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter, which is fair. They have done violent actions. I'm not going to deny that. However, he's ignored violence done by his side. For instance, by Kyle Rittenhouse, who shot two people and is now the most alive martyr I've ever seen since Nick Sandman. Uh, <laughs> comfortably smug on Twitter, had a very, very large tantrum over what Biden said, saying he didn't go far enough to condemn Black Lives Matter or Antifa, despite the fact he specifically condemned violence of any kind, whether it be on the left, including by Black Lives Matter or Antifa, or on the right. Michael Knowles said this proved Biden was Antifa or something. Doesn't make much sense to me either, especially considering most of Antifa wasn't Biden supporters. Like, a lot of them didn't believe in democratic politics, but most of them were Bernie bros, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, most of them were Bernie supporters, not not Biden supporters. So that's just, that's just wrong on every account. Of course, the reason, by the way, why Trump supporters are angry at what Biden said is not because he didn't condemn left-wing violence. Because he did. He clearly did. They're going to lie about that to cover up why they're really angry, and that is because he condemned right-wing violence. You might remember when Twitter flagged one of Donald Trump's tweets for violence, it, and it was one where he specifically said, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Uh, <laughs> which is very violent, by the way. That's a very violent saying. And people were like, how is this violent? He's talking about recapturing law and order. Uh, do you guys know what violence means? Shooting people is very violent. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's the same thing they're trying to do now with Kyle Rittenhouse. Treating him like he did nothing wrong, and he didn't even do anything in the first place, despite the fact he killed two people, which at the very least puts him at legally shaky grounds. Again, he killed those people because someone threw a plastic bag at him. That's actually what appeared in the video. I'm not making that up. And you know what this comes back to? It's always what it comes back to in the Trump presidency, it seems. It goes back to Charlottesville. You guys remember Charlottesville back in 2017? Uh, Unite the Right, it was also called. And that was the meeting in Charlottesville, I believe it's either Virginia or West Virginia. I, I forget which Virginia it is. One of the Virginias. Um where all these white nationalists got together, they had their little tiki torch rally, and then there were some anti-fascists counter-protesting, it turned into a riot, a woman died, all that. Okay, now afterwards, afterwards, 
Donald Trump said, and this became very infamous, that there were very fine people on both sides. Now, it's been three years since Charlottesville happened. Literally three years. And we have still not seen any evidence of there being any very fine people. And I've asked people for this. I've asked them, where were the very fine people the president was talking about? If you look at every single video taken in Charlottesville, ignoring the fact that Unite the Right was a pre-planned event literally set up by white nationalists like Richard Spencer, James Alsup, I believe Jason Kessler was involved as well. Um, all these big Nazis, okay? Um, so if anybody uh, didn't come to it, they just get an invitation from Richard Spencer and go, oh, that's the guy who... Works in the military. He wants me. Uh, <laughs> no, you knew what you were going to. But even then, a lot of people didn't know what they were going to, and that's why all the footage of right-wing protesters involve people screaming things like death to Jews or blood and soil, which is a Nazi phrase, and all that. And all that. And I've asked them time and time again, where are the very fine people the president was talking about? This was the point, um... Sean made for an, when he responded to the PragerU video, if you guys know that channel, Sean. Uh, look it up. It's just, just type in PragerU lies to you, Charlottesville. You should find it really easily. And he goes through and just asks, well, wait a minute, where were the very fine people the president was talking about? Okay, he didn't mean the white supremacists um, on his side, on the side that was against taking down a statue of Robert E. Lee. Okay, who else was there on the right? You know, we've seen video after video after video of Charlottesville. Where? I, I just want to know where were these very fine people? Because it wasn't about attempting to acknowledge that there were good people there. Because there just weren't. No one can find where they were. Where were they? Were they over there? Were they dressed up as Waldo and that's why we can't find them? No. It was an attempt to distance himself from those actions by making up the fact that they were good people. Okay? By making up the fact that, yeah, some of my supporters were there, and they were all good ones. They weren't the ones I'm condemning. Well, then where were they? Where were they? And the reason why they're mad at Joe Biden's statements, because he did not put in that distinction, he did not say, I condemn aggressive violence left and right. However, some people did act in self-defense, and those were the people who I am perfectly fine with. You know, I heard this one kid got a plastic bag thrown at him and then killed two people. Uh, but they were bad people, so who cares? Hashtag vigilante justice. By the way, could you actually imagine if we got to the point where Democrats were advocating for vigilante justice, how we'd react? I thought this was a law and order platform. Vigilante justice is literally the exact opposite as law and order. And yet the Times of London, I don't know if you guys saw this, ran a headline saying Kyle Rittenhouse found purpose as a vigilante. I mean, you just can't make this up. You just cannot make this up. Uh, so what's going on here is they aren't mad Biden didn't condemn enough violence because he condemned all the violence. They're mad he condemned too much. Specifically, they're mad they condemned his violence. What they wanted him to do is they wanted him to play easy with them. He wanted to, they wanted him to play softball with him. 
And Joe Biden is simply refusing to do that. Now, you could say Joe Biden's a little bit of a strong man in that regard, if you want. Uh, <laughs> so this outrage is utterly nonsensical. But what do you expect at this point? It's Trump supporters who are perpetuating it. Anyway, here's a story from ABC. Hundreds of protesters gather against new flu vaccine mandate in Massachusetts. Hundreds of people gathered Sunday to protest a new flu vaccine mandate for Massachusetts students enacted as school district prepared to reopen during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, because that's the biggest concern, by the way, is them getting the flu. If only there was a more deadly disease for us to worry about them getting, then we'd be in real shit. At the demonstration in front of Massachusetts State House in Boston, protesters, some of them children, held signs that read, unavoidably unsafe, my child, my choice. That was obvious and you should feel bad. Parents call the shots. I refer you to my previous statement. I am not a threat. No forced shots was written in chalk in front of the State House. Many demonstrators were not wearing masks or social distancing, according to photos and videos taken in the event. The protests followed on August 19th announcement from state officials that influenza immunization will be required for all children aged six months or older who are attending Massachusetts child care, preschool, kindergarten, and K-12, full-time undergraduate and graduate students under 30, and all full-time and part-time health science students attending school in the state must also get the vaccine. Now, I want to make it clear. I am pro-vaccine. Okay, I myself have gotten basically every vaccine possible. Okay, so I am not coming at you from the position of some anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaccination is a meme at this point. In fact, I promise you, if I were to sit down and discuss why I agree with these people, with these people, we, we would still be disagreeing a lot. Uh, I do not believe that the government should control what you put in your own body. It, it's really that simple. And people always say, well, it's for public health. Well, we've seen the United States government do tons of things for public health. Buck v. Bell, the case that allowed states to basically sterilize people, was an example of public health. Being dead serious, that was the argument. That it was public health. Mr. Enter talks about this in his documentary, How the World Ended, which you need to see, by the way, if you haven't already. Um, but essentially, this government has done so much in the name of public health that has destroyed the public health. This is the government of the plutonium files. Okay, you get no guesses. Or you get no... Uh, and you get no money for guessing what they did to pregnant women, might I add, there. And the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Again, no guesses on what happened there. Uh, so this government then wants to tell us about public health. No, it simply does not get to. It doesn't. I'm sorry, it doesn't. This is the same government that had such a thriving and complex eugenics program. Adolf Hitler himself wrote a letter praising it. I'm being dead serious. That happened. And we've had tons of eugenicist presidents. Theodore Roosevelt wrote a letter fawning over eugenicist Charles Davenport in, I believe, 1913. Okay? So, this government thinks it can tell us about public health? No, it simply can't. 
It simply does not have that right. It can't. It does not understand public health in the slightest. It never has and it never will. And for that matter, do they include medical exceptions in this bill? Because there are people who cannot get vaccinated. For those who don't know, vaccination, and this is the reason why vaccines are actually really hard to make, might I add, is essentially done through, and this is a very simplified version, injecting both the disease and the cure at the same time into your body. So the polio vaccine, for instance, injects both polio and various chemicals that make the polio much less dangerous into your body. Okay? And as such, there are people with autoimmune disorders, which just happens sometimes. You know, that just happens every now and again. Nobody chooses it. No parent says, I want my kid to have HIV. But that happens on occasion. Who can't get vaccines because that's the same as them getting the illness because their immune system is so weak. Where's their public health? Where's the exception for them? What Are they just screwed? Are, are they just screwed? I, I'm seriously asking. Are they honestly just screwed? Um, okay, so, and for that matter, the fact this is over the flu shot is especially worrying because the flu shots are typically developed very quickly over the course of a couple of years. At most. And there's no guarantee that the strain of flu that you're even getting a shot for, by the way, is going to be the one that you could end up catching later on. The most recent flu shots are only about 50% effective. And that's still an okay chance. And I'd recommend if you are in a situation where getting a flu, or getting the flu, would actually really screw you up, that you take the chance. Okay, I would recommend that. However, however, they are nowhere near as effective as they used to be or as a lot of people think they are. Flu vaccines are very ineffective by nature. And for that matter, again, there are several scenarios you can research these of children getting them. And then you know what ends up happening? You know what ends up happening? They get the they either get the flu anyway. Or they even get the flu from the vaccine because it just wasn't developed right. Or their body is having trouble dealing with it. And mind you, those are incredibly rare scenarios. Those are like one in thousands of scenarios in the case of most vaccines. Flu vaccines, they're the most common with, though. And even then, it's still relatively rare. However... I don't know the ins and outs of the statistics about the flu vaccine, and neither do any of these parents... There is one thing I do believe these parents do know, and that's their children. And that's where I stand on this. And if we're talking about, like, a polio vaccine, or a measles vaccine, or, I don't know, any other common illness, then I'd see your point. Then I'd see the point of this legislation. But when it comes to the flu vaccine... I genuinely disagree the strongest. I feel like, first off, the government does not have the right to force anyone to inject chemicals into their body, or they can't use the taxpayer-funded institutions that they are already paying for. That's the other thing. If these parents don't get their kids vaccinated, will they then get a tax refund? 
Will they then no longer be forced to pay for the public school at gunpoint? No, no, they're still going to be forced to pay for it. They can't go to it, though, because, well, sorry, you didn't get your kid the magic shot. Um, and for that matter, flu shots just simply are not effective enough for me to feel like this is really justified. They are not a well enough cure for the illness for me to agree with this. So that's where I stand on that. Anyway, last thing for tonight, Michael Flynn is still in the news. I guess he should have called into the Rush Limbaugh show again. Maybe then all his problems would stop. DC Circuit, Michael Flynn ruling in posting now. Order says Flynn loses position challenging judge who's set to hearing to wait bars DOG or DOJ, sorry, bid to dump the case. <laughs> In English, Flynn's back on trial. Uh, Michael Flynn, by the way, pleaded guilty twice, still got off free because he's one of Trump's buddies. And that's really the whole thing about this that I want to note. People are saying, oh, well, he didn't arrest uh, Hillary Clinton, so why should Michael Flynn get in trouble? Because Michael Flynn was stupid enough to admit he did something wrong. Say everything you want to about Hillary Clinton and Benghazi, or the emails, or, or anything else she did. Okay? At the very least, she never admitted she was guilty, which Michael Flynn did. Uh, if anyone's more like Hillary Clinton in this scenario, somebody who did do some bad things, but might not have violated the letter of the law, it would be someone like Roger Stone. And that's, by the way, the other thing with the Clintons, is they're really good at following the letter of the law. When this was looked into, it was found, yeah, what they did should have been illegal. But you know what? The wording of the law made it perfectly legal. It probably shouldn't have been legal, but it, it was legal. Which kind of sucks. However, I have only one response to Michael Flynn. Really, only one response. Law and order! Yeah! I mean, can we just talk about the fact, and I've been pointing this out the entire time, how it seems like the message of the Trump campaign is law and order in name only. I mean, let's look at this. So far, Trump has warned that if we elect Biden, violent anarchists will run through the streets like they are now. But Trump will quell them eventually. And of course, when he did quell them, when he did send in the feds, when acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Wolf was uh, sent in the Department of Homeland Security, what happened? The Antifa movement actually grew bigger. They got more support, not less. Because the president is incompetent, because his examples of law and order are do nothing and then pound your chest. In fact, just pound your chest 24-7 until eventually they may give up. And I was saying this at the time, by the way, just screaming, I won't negotiate in terrorists, or with terrorists, make it your dick hard, doesn't actually solve the problem, though. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't solve the terrorist problem. I'm sorry, but just pounding your chest does not solve anything. And then meanwhile, while he's getting on to Biden's case for riots that are happening under him, he's also making sure as many people as possible are perfectly allowed to break the law when they're his friends. Roger Stone 
Kyle Rittenhouse is another example. I mean, just look. Honestly, look at what this administration has been getting away with, all things considered. You think they care about law and order? This is the administration that appointed Bill Barr as Attorney General. And Bill Barr, and I've pointed this out time and time again, literally spent his entire time as Bush's Attorney General defending the president being allowed to do whatever he wants. You guys remember that? He wrote a whole paper about the president should be able to do whatever he wants. He finished back when Clinton was president-elect before he took office, in between the election and the inauguration of Bill Clinton. He um, essentially made sure as few people were in jail as possible for Iran-Contra, which, for those who don't know, was an act of treason. Okay, it was an act of treason done by the Reagan administration. That was Bill Barr's entire goal while in government. This is the administration that introduced phrases like legitimate quid pro quo into our vocabulary. You guys remember that? That was Ben Shapiro and Josh Hammer's excuse for essentially attempting foreign interference in our elections, which is what the administration was doing. So what we are seeing now is this kind of... Uh, I just like to call it a backlash because that's really what it is. And Michael Flynn is getting caught. And to be blunt, Michael Flynn, again, pleaded guilty twice. Are we all just forgetting that? That's where it starts and ends in every case besides Michael Flint. You guys really think that even with the greatness that was the first step act, if a black woman says, yeah, I, I, I engaged in drug trafficking, she would be allowed to have any trial? No, the point of plea bargains, the point of admitting guilt is to skip a trial. And Michael Flynn just blatantly violated how our system works. And for that alone, he should be sitting in a jail cell for at least contempt of court. Along with what he was actually admitted to be guilty of. I don't care if he was... That just means he was lying. That means he committed perjury. That means he lied to a federal official. There is literally no way where this looks good for Michael Flynn. And yet we're just supposed to be reintroducing this debate every couple of months. Was Michael Flynn actually guilty? If he wasn't guilty, why the fuck did he say he was guilty? Who does that besides Michael Flynn? You know, it was a month and a half ago, we covered Barr dropping all charges against Michael Flynn again uh, after he dropped charges a month and a half the first time. I guess this is going to be a new thing. Every month and a half, the rest of the administration... Uh, Flynn is going to have charges refiled and dropped against him. How long until Barr uh, drops him again? I give it a month at most. Seriously, by October 1st. Or no, you know what? That's a little too close to the election. If Trump is reelected, that's going to be in December. Okay, I promise you that right now. Or if he's not. If he's not, Barr will do what he did with Iran-Contra. Um, anyway, that's our show. Good night.